Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to another episode I'm with Alex, pretty much always. Well, not always, really. Alex, you want to say hi? Hey, guys. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we touched on a couple of questions on an episode earlier than this one. Maybe they're both going to air simultaneously. I mean, not simultaneously. Simultaneously, my goodness. Uh, but one is going to come after the other, or maybe after the hermeneutics episode. I don't even know why I'm saying this. Uh, so let's cut right through it. Yeah, let's get what into this. What questions do we got? We got a couple more that we want to tackle for everybody as we uh, kind of uh, prolong this uh, tulip series. So, uh, question for you, Paul: Idols. Many don't see the danger of self-centered worship, or are just basically clueless to it. How can one know if they are in danger of this, uh, or? really putting anything or creating an idol of anything. Um, many when head, uh, heading a handling of idolatry, they think of it's an object or a statue that they can bend down and worship. Um, but really I think it's more. So what are your views of idolatry and, uh, any warnings or anything that you'd want to give on that? An idol can be anything. Yeah. Not, not a, just not just a, a statue or a little a little idol like a metal cast iron idol or wooden idol like the philistines had mm-hmm. or israelites when they got contaminated by all those syncretistic pagan stuff an idol can be a car your spouse uh a sibling a parent a dog my dog was my idol and I still, I still fear that some of some of that is still hanging around, and I, I sometimes get too focused on him. Yeah. Anything can be an idol. Even your job oh, yeah. can be an idol. Yeah. Theology <clears throat> could could become an idol. Yep. Uh, your your own sanctification could become an idol. That that that's called legalism. Yep. Um, and self self centered worship. Yeah, worship is all about thinking about God not about us when when people go to church and they're like man i don't like the music too much i don't know who said that i think it was francis chan who i have serious disagreements with now yeah very much but he he answered a couple of people um well that's good because it wasn't for you yeah worship is not for us we can feel really nice at worship we can have all sorts of emotions but if we only do it for that particular reason that's self-worship yeah self-centered worship that's what charismatics do most most of them because i I don't want to throw all of them into the same bag Uh, charismatics go to worship i know i did mostly when i was a charismatic Uh, they go to worship for the sake of the experience oh yeah yeah and feeling stuff and lifting up your hands and feeling that you are uh, more spiritual than a Presbyterian or a Reformed Baptist. Mm-hmm. That's also self-centered worship. 
Yeah. Anything that revolves around the person, the 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 human, and not God is self-centered worship. Yeah. Even prayer can be self-centered worship. Oh yeah, good good point. Good point. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I mean, it's really you nailed that right on the head. It's anytime we put our eyes off of God and put them on ourselves or something else, and in today's culture, and, and this is something that I've really struggled with myself is am I putting enough focus on God or am I putting too much focus on other avenues? And um, and it's really starting to kind of be evident in, uh, you know, as I grow in my, in my knowledge and my walk with Christ and um, obviously through school and that, that, you know, there's things that just really become vanity to me now. And whereas two or three or four years ago, I probably would have been, you know, all in on, uh, you know, living that lifestyle, you know, whether it was, Absolutely. you know, for money and uh, the ease of life and things like that. And now it's... Well, one of my idols were cars. Yeah. I used to be like a car nut. Yeah. And now when I have to work on my car, I really don't want to because I, I just don't like it anymore. Yeah. But I I have to do it because it's one of my responsibilities. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not the thing that I enjoy now. Yeah, I used to be a that, big, you, that also used to be an idol. Yeah, I used to be a big video game player. Uh, I still play a couple small things, but not to the level I used to. I mean, that I used, used to play FIFA with me. Uh, I don't even have a console anymore. That's how bad I used <laughs> it used to be. I, uh, you know, a little side story. I my weekends. When I worked retail, I would schedule my, because I was a manager, so I would schedule my working shift around me playing video games. Even though <laughs> I was married, my video games generally took precedence over my marriage. And that, it just breaks my heart to even think about that nowadays because, yeah, I bet. you know, I, my wife was, at the time, she was a waitress. And so uh, my Friday night, I'd get off work at five or earlier and she would already be at work and she would work until like 11. So I'd get home, I'd make me a pizza and I'd sit and eat pizza and drink soda and play video games until the cows came home. And then uh, I'd go into work at like two o'clock on Saturday. Cause I'd sleep from like, you know, four in the morning until noon. And then I'd play all Saturday night and I played every night during the week. And that was just my life. And you know, you look back at that and you're like, how foolish and how childish I was. And right. that was my idol. And so, uh, and and it's really anything, you know, today it's money. It could be, you know, technology, your cell phone or Instagram. It can account. be anything. Yeah. The, the essence of idolatry is placing anything that isn't God on God's uh, worthy position. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's anything. Yep. One of my big idols before conversion was snowboarding mm. and sports, like all, all around sports. Mm-hmm. I had, I don't know how much money I spent. And, uh, well, my parents helped me buy a lot of it because I was a lot younger. Not a lot, but younger. Mm-hmm. That was like four years ago. Um, four to ten years ago, pretty much all that, that period of time. I, 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 pro- I probably spent... Um, three to four thousand dollars on on snowboarding equipment uh Uh, it was literally my idol i waited all year long for the season and when it when it took a while to come i would become desperate uh i'd go alone in a really winding stretch of a road because where i live it's really mountainy and um I just went alone on a car that's not even made for for mountain driving. I drove on the snow without even tire chains. I was completely nuts. It was my idol. I was chained to it. I I could not escape it because I didn't want to. And after conversion, I have gone. uh, I'm a Christian for, I've been a Christian for um, three and a half, nearly four years. And I, I think I've gone snowboarding in a total in these four years, three to four times. Yeah. And I really could, couldn't care less about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm selling all my stuff because I, I, I need the money and I, I honestly have no interest in that anymore. Yeah. 
and that's that's what happens when that's repentance changing um not only your mindset but your the the desires of your heart yep when god changes them christ becomes the 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 focus of them and whatever was on that quote-unquote throne is thrown away and christ becomes the the king over over your life yeah exactly yeah i remember i'm still i still like to work out and lift weights i just don't have a lot of time now because uh you know i got a child and seminary and full-time job and you can lift your child in books i do i was bench pressing her the other day but she's only like 20 pounds so it doesn't really work out well for me so uh (laughs) now i probably have books that are actually heavier than her which is kind of funny but uh you know again your body becomes your idol i mean i know how i could go to instagram and look at all the quote-unquote fitness models i mean it's they're everywhere i mean everybody gets on instagram as a fitness model yeah i kind of hate that i work out myself but I, i'm i don't go taking pictures of my yeah body and publishing them yeah yeah i, I it's it for a while it was something that i was really you know i sunk a lot of money into it um and it was that was my most probably recent you know um addiction that that almost got out of control for a while uh but you know here's the thing it's like things that we do in our everyday lives can easily creep up and become a idol it can be you know without us even really realizing it you know family our children our spouse like you said um our hobbies you know like i'm going fishing this coming weekend i used to you know a few years ago i went fishing probably every weekend for quite a few months and that, like in the same boat as you i bought a couple of new rods and reels and got a lot of nice tackle and um went out would go out even by myself just to fish and i've never fished in my whole life oh i love it i would love to it's but it hasn't happened it's very relaxing if you come to the states uh we'll go fishing sometime. oh i will dude yeah we'll uh soon we'll go fishing but you know it anything can become an idol if you just let it do that. So uh, I would, my, my advice is to always self-examine your hobbies, self-examine your priorities. And if what you're doing doesn't bring glory to God, you know, I would always try to advise to reevaluate and maybe reposition that or, you know, maybe try to refocus yourself to, Always put the attention back on God. Totally. So moving on. Yep. Revelation um, two. two. Oh, the chapter Revelation two. two Church yeah. in Ephesus and the danger of forgetting the first love, which is Christ. I think that goes right back to our previous question. What do you think? Yeah, uh, um, idolatry is a. I think it's a daily fight. Yeah, the Christian has to fight. That sounded a bit redundant, but it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I heard a, a sermon by James White on this uh, a couple of months ago. I forgot most of it, but it was a really sound uh, exposit- expository sermon on, on Revelation 2. And this, this uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's an analogy or a, a historical fact that most people who preach from that chapter they say that in ephesus there was a like a hot current of water oh, a stream of water yep, going then, to the north yep, and then a cold coming and then from a cold the south. to the south yep. and ephesus was right in the middle so it was lukewarm yeah but yep. i don't i don't know if that's what john is getting at because he he never mentions the, uh, geography no he apart doesn't. from from the fact that the church was located in, in, in ephesus yeah and Ephesus was not such a small city. I think it wasn't, but I think it was rather. The, the point was that um, I don't know if they were under persecution. I'm not sure if I heard that from White's sermon. I think it, the sermon is called "Passion Growing Cold?" Question mark. Repent. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, basically what he says is what the text says, that uh, the first love um, and conversion were just... My conversion personally was uh, profound peace. Yeah, it wasn't immediately a conviction of sin, although I knew I was a sinner. the The strong conviction came a bit later, but people experience it in in different ways. Some some become um, totally broken over their sin and just weep for days. Others are filled with a a, a profound sense of God's love. Uh, others are are filled with peace, which was my case. Others are could be filled with dread over God's judgment. Yeah. It can be a, a, a very widely spread of, of an emotion. Yeah. And I just felt a, a incredible love uh, for Christ. I just wanted to be like him. Uh, I know that, that he loved me. Uh, I felt that peace that surpasses all understanding. And it was a very tough moment of my life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can tend to forget that. It has happened to me. Uh, I will confess that. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I I begged for God to 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 forgive me. It can happen. I mean, uh, that love can fluctuate. Our love is not constant as as God's is. Right. Uh, but the the only reason that anyone that anyone will love the true God is because He loved us first. So even if my love is fluctuating and going up and down throughout my whole life, God's love isn't. Yeah. It remains constant. Just read Romans 8 in the last few verses. Yep. It's all about God's love for us, not not about our love for God. Um, so the way I would answer that, the danger of forgetting. That Yeah, I mean, and as you all said, it, it, it goes back to, to the previous question. If anyone takes the place of Christ in, in the believer's heart, the first love will grow colder. Yeah. I don't think it will die because Christ doesn't lose one of his sheep. Right. Which we will but, touch base uh, soon. Yeah. It, w- it, w- it will be a, a detriment to spiritual growth. Um, a, a tough time emotionally if if you're being convicted. Mm-hmm. I'd consider it a good backslide. If you would. Um, I don't know if I consider it a, uh, if I would consider it a backslide because it makes you grow. Well, I mean, shouldn't all backsliding make you grow though? Well, yeah, pretty much you have a point there. What about you, though? I, Your take on that? I I think you nailed it. Um, I, what I pull out of it is in the mundane life, you know, the everyday grind, you know, it, it, it there's this balance of always living for the Lord in an unapologetic stance and... You know, not being, you know, legalistic or, you know, overzealous to where, you know, you're, you're fearful of, you know, that, that, uh, of God's wrath. But while we should carry a healthy fear of his wrath and his judgment, I think, you know, we need to understand that Christ has to be the center of our lives. He has to be the focal point. You know, so what are the first things you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you give God thanks for waking you or do you get on social media and start your day right off that way? Um, when you're in your car, are you listening? And actually, it's going to tie into another question uh, that we have in a little bit. You know, what kind of music do you listen to in your car? What do you what are your attention at at work? How often do you pray? You know, and I think it would take quite a bit for a person to flat out forget their first love. But I think of as a progressive chilling of our zeal over time will do that. And I've seen Christians get burnt out because they come into the knowledge of Christ and they're, they're, they're sold out for weeks and they do mission trips and they do this and they do that. And then after two or three years, they're just, they feel like they don't get anything in return. And so they just quietly fizzle out. And I think, um, you know, we, we can't look at the walk our walk with Christ as a, you know, as a, as a hundred yard dash. It's a, it's a lifelong marathon and we need to walk this out. And so I think it's a daily reminder that we need to 
put it onto our hearts that Christ has to be that first love and he has to be the focus of our thoughts and he has to consume our thoughts. And whether we talk or even think about him all the time, because we're human and we won't, but we have to, as often as possible, you know, work this out. I mean, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. Well, what does that mean? I mean, does that mean that we should not do anything else in our life except to pray? No, it simply is when we have it on our hearts that we are keeping Christ in our mind and praying through all things in the day and all things in the night. And I think that's just this, you know, keeping that balance between living our lives but not giving up that first love of Christ. Totally agree with that. Amen to every bit of it. Yeah. And I've, I've honestly been struggling lately with um, prolonged meditation on um, on the Bible, on God, on Christ. Uh-huh. It's been a wait, honestly, because I, I feel guilt for not doing so. I can I can agree to that. I I had a moment the other night. I came down to study Sunday night to study for school and get a paper written, which uh, it actually I finished it today. And I probably sat here um, and stared at my screens for 40 minutes and didn't do anything. And just was just trying to gather my thoughts and trying to, you know, meditate on this, um, uh, on, on, on this book that I had to write. And it was, you know, it's a theologically based book. It's, um, you know, so I've got, you know, the whole premise is God centered, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. It's like, you just sometimes you get lost in your own self and you want to try to do things on your that, own. That has happened to me a lot of times, just staring blank at the screen and not doing anything. But instead of staring blank at the screen, I actually watch uh, debates. Hmm. <laughs> I should probably try to do that, get my mind ticking a little bit. But uh, They really consume time off, though. Yeah, I know. But it's time well spent. Right, exactly. This is a question maybe a little bit more for you. Uh, maybe speak on the Nicolaitans. So it says Jesus spoke to the church of Ephesus that they hated uh, their works, which were which was good because Jesus also hated their works. What do you think? Yeah, it's also Revelation two. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a uh, tie in there. Because many, if the question finishes with many, don't think Jesus hates anything. Yeah, yeah, that's. An interesting finish. Well, Jesus is God and God hates Esau. Yeah. He also hates sin and the yeah, wicked. He loathes all evildoers. Yep. Psalm 5. Psalm 5 actually says he abhors. Abhor- yeah, which is a pretty that's the, deep word. That's like strong hatred. Yes. But we can't ever um, implant our idea of human hatred right. onto God. Right. Just like if you watched um, uh, Radio Free Geneva, mm-hmm. uh, James White's um, show yesterday, he touched on Michael Brown's quote-unquote refutation of Calvinism. Mm-hmm. And he said that he, he can't believe in, in God's predestination and eternal decree because how could God decree things that would make him grieve? Mm. That That's always Brown's argument yeah. against Calvinism. Right. And what he's doing there is implanting um, man's idea of grief onto God. And it, it doesn't really work because yeah. when, when humans grieve, it's, it's because you're powerless to do something about it. And you, you don't know all things, of course. So your, your grief is humanly limited. Whereas God's grief, we can't really understand it. Right. I think it's relatable because God has um, communicable attributes. And I, I think grief might be one of them. But it's not human grief. Yeah, it's much God different. isn't grieving in a way that, oh, I, I, I was not able to do that and that's why I'm grieving. No, God is all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you superpose human grief and human, in this case, hatred on God, that's not going to work. Right. I don't think that God hates anyone in the sense of that he's infuriated with them and just wants to cause them harm. Right. 
yeah, his. I think that God does have wrath, and it's a just wrath. But God isn't. I don't know, like the sun trying to control flares of anger. Mm-hmm. God is controlled. He he is self control in itself. Otherwise, we would all be dead by right. now. Right. I think a good example is Jesus going into the temple and flipping tables. I mean, that's righteous anger. I mean, he didn't go totally. in and curse people and strike them dead. He didn't bring his legion of armies. He went in, flipped tables, made whips, drove them out, and and was right passionate about that. And I, but you can you 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 can sense his distaste for what they've done to the temple. And uh, I I think there's great illustrations all through scripture that have this. I mean, the flood, I mean, that's another, you know, God wiping the filth off of the world, but saving eight people. So I think if we consider his hate, we also have to consider his mercy and his love on the same table. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't, you, you're just going to have all of Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be a Muslim. So, uh, here's a good time. Oh, and then the, the, the question was about the, Oh, the words. Nicolaitans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, David speaks a lot. Uh, Psalm 139 ends with David saying, um, Don't I hate those who hate you, O Lord? Don't I loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. So David hated others. Uh In what way? David was a human, so that's a lot more relatable. Right. But David hated them because they hated God. Not because they did something to David. So if that's righteous anger, um, like Jesus' anger in, in the temple. Mm-hmm. He hated people who hated God because he wants God God's justice to be lifted yep. up and not thrown down. He wants God's character to be glorified and not stepped upon. Exactly. And yeah, so we in, in that sense, we should hate... Um, evil and evildoers i mean i in in a certain sense you have to hate people who willingly contribute to um abortion yep rapists yeah um murderers murderers thieves you have to hate what they do and and what they do cannot be extrapolated from their person right but at the same time you have to love them yep yeah there's got to be it's, that balance it, it's a yeah there there has to be that balance and we can't always get to it but uh, well, you, we are called to love our enemies, right. yeah, so, and not to hate them. Yeah. So, I think we can't really grasp in its entirety God's hatred no. and just make it a human hatred. Not this side of eternity, at least. No. Speaking of, well, you're not going to hate anything no, in eternity. No, so no. you will be worshiping God, which is awesome. But speaking of eternity, can you lose your salvation? Or slash no. go to hell if you commit suicide. That seems to be a hot no. topic on Instagram lately. Yeah. Like not just on Instagram, everywhere. Everywhere, yeah, because the uh um uh Todd Friel video on that one. Yeah, there's also one that um Dirk Thomas answers in a little Ligonier conference. Mm-hmm. I was there in person. Ooh, look at you go. And uh the thing that touches upon me heavily on that is that I have, I had an aunt who committed suicide mm-hmm. around two and a half years ago, and she professed Christ. I think she was a Christian. Uh, she just had a terrible life. She didn't have a, a proper father. She she even referred to her father as her biological father. Yeah. Uh, she didn't care for herself. She doubted that anyone loved her. She, she had a really, really tough life. She lived in Switzerland mm-hmm. pretty much alone, taking care of her mother and with her brother, who's a Buddhist. Um, and she jumped out of a building. Oof. That's awful. Yeah, I know. And at that time, I was uh, uh, deep in the charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I immediately assumed and accepted that she was in hell because she committed suicide and no christian would ever commit suicide and my my reasoning went exactly like all these people in instagram um you can't repent of the sin after you die so you're gonna go to hell which i find so my my question my question to them would be this 
did Christ at the moment of conversion, or better said, at, at his crucifixion, at the atonement and the resurrection and his intercession, did he atone for every single one of the sins of his elect people or just some of them? Because if, if anyone is claiming that a Christian cannot commit suicide, and if they can, uh, they will go to hell after because they didn't repent. That's not every sin. Yep. Yeah. If you say that, then, then Christ didn't die for every sin. Right. And, you're and if you have to you. repent from every single thing that you have ever done, then everyone is going to hell no matter what. Right. Yeah, I had the conversation I, I noticed is, well, because I think somebody had actually, I think you might have even been in on this and you said <clears throat> that, have you, to this person, have you repented of all of your sins, even those that you don't know? Like, well, that's why we say to all the things that we we don't know. Well, that that's still not a necessarily a proper way of repentance. That's why Christ died for all of your sins, because if he only you know died for some, then you have to figure out which one of those sins he died for. And also, that's a low view of sin. It is, yeah. Because does do people know how many times we sin in our thought life? Oh my gosh, this is like every four minutes for me. You would have to be repenting for a hundred years yeah. if if you for would have to repent for every for single five, sin yeah, that you have ever done. Five minutes done. of sin, five minutes of life, a hundred years of repentance. Right, thought life, yeah. uh, uh, speech. Mm-hmm. You don't ever speak like you're supposed to, and even if you if you never curse, which is a great thing, mm-hmm. you can treat people in a in an in an apathetic way. Yep. That's still sinful because you're not loving your your neighbor as you should. What about all the actions you so don't do? If if you don't talk to someone as nicely as you should, and you die, you're gonna you're gonna go to hell too. Yep. I mean, this is this is a great topic, and I think we can spend a ton of time on it. But I think, for time's sake tonight, you know, it's it just it 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 undermines the the integrity of the atonement. You you have a low view of sin. Yeah. What about those people who said? Um, the Holy Spirit would never allow a Christian to do that. Well, then the Holy Spirit would never allow a Christian to sin, and now we're all perfect. You, you you really back yourself into a corner. Yeah. yeah. Well, there there are degrees. <clears throat> Sorry for that. Yeah. There are degrees of sin, though. Sure. But John, First John, uh, two, <coughs> eight through ten tells us that, you know, if we're without sin, then we're foolish. So it's like okay, so. The, the argument is, is the Holy Spirit going to stop me from doing every single sin? Because I tell you what, you know. Paul tells us to take our thoughts captive, but I, I struggle with yeah. that sometimes. There's going to be moments that, you know, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to curse. I'm going to do this. I'm a fallible human. I mean, I sin. So what is the Holy Spirit? St- Obviously, the Holy Spirit's keeping me from, like, going around and killing people. But Right, but their their reasoning there and their, their arguments would be, but you can repent from all that, and you can't repent from uh, suicide. Right, but so then that goes back to the question on the cross, is did Christ die for all True. sins? So, I mean... Yeah, you go in a circle. It is, it's a much. big circle. So, from, from Undying Light's perspective, Christ died for no. all sins, and you will not go to hell. I mean, yes to that, yes. but... Um, no to, to the what zone. Derek Thomas said in the conference he he um explained the the case of a a layperson in his church that he pastors i think it's in colombia and and uh close to take a look at this um uh, Stephen Furtick's oh, church oh lovely yeah <clears throat> or is it in charlotte no i think i think Ele- elevation is in elevation in charlotte. Is in charlotte yeah yeah, well, this was in Colombia, so forget about mm-hmm. that. Sorry. Um, he explained the uh, the case of a person, uh, a father who had, I think, three children and a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went through really, really tough times. I forgot what it was about, and he was a strong believer. He confessed Christ. He he was a practicing Christian, and he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So are are we to think that for one slip? I know it's a sin. Suicide is a sin. I'm not saying it's not. But we go back again to the, to the cross. theme of the atonement. Yeah. Yeah. And is God good enough to save us from that? It's plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So entertainment. 
for true believers, people who walk out their life with Christ? What are your thoughts on worldly entertainment? Like going to the movies, playing video games, sports, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, movies, yeah, TV shows, music, whatever. Adiaphora, that's secondary. Yeah. Not, not, not something of uh, major importance that doesn't define someone who isn't a Christian or who is. I would. I go to the movies. Yeah, I, 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 I've gone to the movies twice in the last month. I watched Spider Man twice. Oh, nice. <laughs> once, once with with a couple of friends from the states, and uh, another time with my cousin. Yeah, our buddy from. Uh, I, Daily I, I didn't feel sinful at all. I I didn't feel convicted from uh. that. It could be a waste of time if you're doing it too much. Yeah. But why would it? Why would watching a movie be sinful if you constantly do that in your house if you watch TV? I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm. I, I honestly, a half an hour before I go to yeah. bed. That's good. And I only leave it for background noise while I do other stuff. Right. Uh, um, video games. I play them. I play. Uh, I have a PS4. I'm not addicted to it at all. I I might play three hours per week if and and that's like giving it a lot mm -hmm. uh i don't have time for it it doesn't consume me if if i don't play for a week i, I really don't care uh but if, if i want to get distracted a little bit and have some fun i don't see anything wrong with it yeah. but this all plays in the conscience yeah. if anyone feels guilty by going to the movies or playing video games or uh playing football don't do it yeah if if you violate your conscience, you're sinning. Yep. And if you have a, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ who feels guilty on while doing that, and you force her into doing that, or uh, invite her to the movies, or to play video games or sports, then you're making them stumble, yep. and you're not fulfilling Romans uh, fourteen and fifteen. Right. I think the content has to be edifying too. I mean, this just doesn't open the platform to look at everything and to listen to everything and to watch and read everything. But if the content's edifying uh, or Yeah, not, I don't watch gore movies right. or uh, movies with sex scenes in right. them. I mean, watching Game of Thrones, I believe it's sinful. I do too. Okay, I agree. And and honestly, I couldn't care less about it. I think it's a... I, I honestly refer to it as medieval pornography. Yeah, I do too. That's a is good that, way to look that, at it. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. So how do we treat friends and family who uh, know to do the right and know the faith but refuse to repent of continuous sin? Uh, what if they don't go to the same church? Uh, quite a few comments in this one here. But I, I think we'll just focus on this first one. How do we treat other Christians um, who we know are professing Christians but won't repent of their sin let's so, say like, you know somebody has a you know an addiction to pornography or has an addiction to alcohol or um has cheated on their wife but won't repent of it i mean insert any sin that they won't repent of i mean what are your well, thoughts sadly in my um uh, in my life uh, i have two extremely close family members which i'm, I'm not going to mention for the sake of it that profess Christ, but don't go to church. And uh, I believe that they live in unrepentant lifestyles. And it, it breaks my heart to say it, but it's true. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, how to treat them. Pfft, that That's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, of course, family, you have to treat them like family, right. love right. them. Uh, but... It, it sometimes becomes so hard within the core of your family to tell someone that they might not actually be saved. Right. Because you, you pray with them continually from time to time. Uh, they know what you do. They know you're a Christian. They know you read the Bible. And they might even do so. Um, my family members, uh, they listen to, to, to John MacArthur. They, they pray with... Um, uh, before meals um, they know <clears throat> quote unquote know God so how to treat them uh, keep preaching the gospel to them warning them yeah. uh, and loving them which it becomes hard within the, the family I'm not married I don't have children so uh, it becomes hard when 
in those specific situations to show um, selfless love. But uh, it's our duty, and we we should do it with joy. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think you know we have to have some sort of grace because you know we have to also understand that we are not perfect, and there's probably sin that we haven't repented of. And uh, I, I think what it just boils down to is loving those people as Christ would love them and just, you know, again, like you said, preach the gospel to them. And that's all we can really do. It's it's ironic that with people that are that close, it's even harder it is. to preach Absolutely. the gospel. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> treat them as an unbeliever, That that's a hard one for mm-hmm. me because I... Um, when I've been um, compelled or asked to pray for these close family members, I, <clears throat> I don't know if I should. Mm. Like, um, I have done it, of course, and I'll continue to do it. But for a specific prayer, for some situation or stuff like that, <clears throat> man, my voice. I need some water. It becomes hard because how do you react to that if 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 you pray for them and with yeah. them, what if they believe that they are genuine believers? But it could happen, yeah. and it, it 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 happened with me for twenty three years. Yeah. I thought I was a genuine believer because people prayed with me and for me, and I sometimes prayed to my pagan version of God. Right. Um, what if what if that happens? What if they they start believing and keep believing that they are true believers? They and that they they don't need uh, true repentance. Yeah, you get some dangerous waters there because, and I think what it just you know boils down to is that uh, you know maybe if you can't do it because you're too close to that person, maybe uh, a friend that they have um, can maybe intercede for you, but. At some point, there's probably going to come a rebuke, and it's going to have to happen to say, you know, look, I know you think that you're this, but your fruit says otherwise, and I think it's time that we maybe talk about this particular sin or this issue that I see arising. And I think, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, you that would step in or a friend or a family member that would step in, but at some level people who think that they're in that that kind of you know saved but they don't have to do anything movement there has to be a rebuke that happens and you know and i think the the result of that moment would will really tell you whether or not that person is truly saved or not because if they go on continuously living in sin then that kind of falls into that matthew 7 verses 21 through 23 section that you know they they, these people claim to know jesus but jesus doesn't know them it's a very tough it is it's a tough topic and uh yeah you know it's uh it's a bit heartbreaking when you you know when you know you got family members that are in those shoes because i've got them myself so yeah same well paul that uh concludes the questions for tonight and it looks like it's going to wrap up this episode um so more than likely, we are going to drop this next Tuesday, and uh, as we're recording it a week ahead, um, and then following this episode, we will get you guys finished in Tulip. We will finish the P, and uh, or not, or not. Yeah, who knows? You know, li- life happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's not August yet, so we're doing one five five months worth of. Tulip. Yes, we are doing one letter a month for you guys. Because you mean that much to us, uh, we de- I definitely want to get it wrapped up, and I know you do too. And uh, yeah, because it's been an ex- but you know it's been a great study for us. I think I've learned a lot in these last few months. Yes, me too. So it's been it's been edifying, and but you know, and sometimes these so cults after. Yeah, that. I think we're gonna do cults. Uh, we're gonna get into some of the. I love yeah, cults. Uh, we're gonna talk some Jehovah Witness and uh, Mormonism and yes. Roman Catholicism. Um, yeah, we could Stephen even do one with Buddhism and Christian Science. Yeah, Scientology. Stephen Furticism. Yeah, Stephen Furticism. <laughs> um, Joel Steve. Osteenism yep. also. Yep. Yeah, we can. We, we I don't know. Yeah, we can. Unitarian Pentecostalism. Yeah, there's probably, oh, dude. It's it's an endless, endless list. list. Yeah, absolutely. 
So we're going to have fun with that. So stay tuned for that. That's going to come shortly. And uh, so, guys, if you want to help this ministry grow and you want to contribute and help support us, um, you can jump on to any of our profiles. We have a Patreon account. You can go and become a monthly subscriber. Uh, We are hoping that as this grows uh, to start dropping some some exclusive content for those people, uh, whether it's gear, maybe we'll do some uh, T-shirts or uh, we've talked about that, doing an Undying Light T-shirt. Spoilers. Um, Or Apostle Certificates. certificates. Uh, Again, spoilers. Uh, so we've got some stuff coming down the chute with that. So if you guys feel the call of the Lord to help, con- you know, contribute to this ministry, whether it's a, a monthly donation or a one-time, yeah, sow a seed. Yeah, you'll get a bigger one. Yeah, sow that seed. You'll get a, a bigger how uh, a bigger harvest. Right. So the hundredfold plays effect in this. So we're <laughs> asking for a thousand dollars per person donation. So <laughs> Paul needs a new Lamborghini. You'll get ten thousand back. Ten thousand back. Yeah, I want uh, I want to grant my imaginary <laughs> wife that I cheated on a, a, a Lamborghini SUV. Oh, like, what, what's his uh, name? John, John Gray. Gray. Yeah, yeah. What a clown! The guy's a fool. Yeah, so, I think he was trained by Joel Osteen. He, I thought was it Olstein or was it TD Jakes? It was TD Jakes. I thought. Uh I'm not so sure. Yeah, it might be because Jake's. I I think so sure. I I seen a clip of Jake's just uh, preaching over Gray just after the whole um, adultery thing happened. Oh, T.D. Jake's is like the leader of the wolf yeah. pack right now. He's he's on on Furtick, John Gray. Uh, who else? I'm you know, he's the second in 2017. He is the second highest grossing prosperity preacher. Who's the first? Copeland. It was Copeland, Jake's, and then oh yeah, Cope of course. Ben, Benny Hen. It's like the actually Copeland is a mafia boss. Is. So if you guys haven't, go pick up uh, Costi Hen's new book, um, "God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel." It is a fantastic read, and uh, it's very entertaining because you get a really good in-depth look. So in 2017, Kenneth Copeland was worth. Seven hundred and sixty million dollars. TD My TD Jakes at a hundred and fifty. Benny Hinn at forty-two. Olstein at forty. Creflo Dollar. Wait, 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 wait. The gap between Copeland and the next guy. Is insane. Yeah, yeah, six hundred million dollars. <laughs> uh, Creflo Dollar at twenty-seven and Joyce Meyer at twenty-five million. So those are the top prosperity gospel preachers. And then people want to tell us that they're not, you know, they're God's anointed. Give me yeah, you have people like, I mean, it's a, a reputable scholar. Yeah. Like Michael Brown defending Kenneth Copeland for an hour. Yep. Give me a break. So, <clears throat> guys, <clears throat> that's it for us. So, follow us on Dying Light. Uh on Instagram, undying.light. You can hit this podcast, obviously, on all major platforms. And please, please, please leave some reviews so we know what we need to improve on. We are testing all sorts of different softwares and to try to get the sound quality better and hopefully cleaner. Um, and uh, so leave us some feedback. Send us DMs. I am reformed underscore lifestyle, and you are... Uh, reformed dot yep. wretch, but uh, I really don't mind if people follow me or not. Yeah, so I don't. You don't have to follow us. We don't care. Um, we're not in it for the for the crowds. Uh, we're just in it to ensure that you guys are being edified. Actually, a lot of followers make me nervous, and more um, <clears> to <throat> make me feel more of a responsibility weight on me. So, uh, I really don't mind if I have what i have so so go follow undying light because that's the page we want to make sure that we're getting everybody to so that's a page we both um monitor so but uh yeah either side you can hit all any of the three pages but uh paul's a little uh don't don't follow paul i don't mind if if it's for for questions or stuff but i don't really post that often and uh 
I'll just let people down with, <laughs> with my unfrequent posting. <laughs> but if it's for questions, I'm all yeah, up for it. I usually post quite a few a day, so. Yeah, you do. So feel free to follow me if you want some interesting content and and poke. And some bands around yeah, the comments. Yeah, poke the bear because you'll, you'll poke the bear eventually. I'll go caged. That's my problem. So uh, that's it. So, guys, uh, until next time, stay reformed. And God bless. God bless. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.